0: Welcome to the Sacred City Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And this segment of the podcast, we call Theology for Everyone. And we want, in this segment, we wanna teach you doctrine. We want to have you view the world doctrinally through the lens of a Christian worldview informed by the word of God. Uh, We don't want you to have a surface level understanding of your faith. We don't want you to be shallow in your thinking. And so what we're doing um, to help you go deeper in your understanding of doctrine is we're working our way through one of the most concise expressions of a systematic theology of our faith that has ever been written, the Westminster Confession of Faith, and we're going literally article by article, chapter by chapter through this. In my little book, we are over halfway. We're 75 pages into this thing. We're in chapter 18, article three. We're talking about the doctrine of assurance. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The doctrine of assurance. The doctrine of assurance is a grace given to true believers that communicates to them the reality that they are indeed safe, Mm. that they are in the family of God. They've been forgiven of their sins. They've been given the Holy Spirit. God's love has been placed upon them. All their sins have been washed away, Mm. and there's nothing for them to do to earn the Father's love anymore. And that doctrine of assurance produces white-hot worship. When a person gets it, it produces white hot worship. There, there. It's gonna. It, it produces love of God. It produces obedience of faith. Um, it produces love for neighbor. Mm-hmm. Right. So we want people to have assurance. Yeah. But as we learned last time, there are some people who have assurance, but they're not Christians. Uh-oh. It's a false assurance. Mm. Right. Those people, oh, I'm saved. No big deal. So it doesn't really matter how I live. Oh, I'm saved. I don't need to go to church. Oh, I'm saved. I don't need to go to missional community. Oh, I'm saved. I don't need to give my money financially. Oh, I'm saved. I don't need to be abstinent if I'm not married. I don't. I. You know, I can sleep around. I can do whatever I want. That's a. The Bible says that's a false assurance. Mm. That's hypocrisy. That's a seared conscience. Mm. Um, and so we should. We got to be. Uh, be aware of of that of that reality. So. Where does this assurance come from, and how does somebody get it? Okay, how does somebody get it? Uh, That's what Article 3 and 4 is about today. Mm -hmm. And so let's read this. It's another long paragraph, dense paragraph, and then we'll break it down. Go ahead, Kevin.
2: This infallible assurance doth not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long, and conflict with many difficulties, before he be a partaker of it. Yet, being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given him of God, he may without extraordinary revelation, in the right use of ordinary means, attain thereunto. And therefore it is the duty of every one to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure, that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, in love and thankfulness to God and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, the proper fruits of this assurance. So far is it from inclining men to looseness.
0: (laughs) Okay, great chapter here. Okay, so what is he saying here? Right away, he says, this infallible assurance does not belong to the essence of faith. Okay, this means it is not necessary. So you, let me say it like this. A person can be, be saved and not be, have assurance of faith. Okay. So they've received faith, faith as a gift of God. That faith will not necessarily produce assurance of faith. Okay. So person comes to church one time, hears the gospel, puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and then never comes back again. Okay. Never reads the Bible again right? That person is saved, but they will probably never have an assurance of their salvation. Mm -hmm. Okay? Listen to this, but that a true believer may wait long and conflict with many difficulties before he be a partaker of it. So assurance of faith doesn't necessarily come from our salvation. Okay. Think about Job. Job was saved, but Job went through a terrible difficulty and he didn't have assurance in the midst of it. Right. Or at least he I mean, he, he was he was struggling in the midst of it. He never lost faith, but he he didn't have assurance of
1: faith. Mm. So, can you have assurance without the test?
0: Um, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. No, you know, through many tribulations, we're saved, right? Like that. This is our our tribulations, our suffering, our difficulties. They help confirm the fact that we're really saved,
1: right? And that's where in James, you can look back and count it all joy because you have that assurance, that freedom and joy in Christ. Yes. Because, okay.
0: Yes. So before he be a partaker of it, what's the scripture for that?
1: We got Isaiah 50, who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God.
0: Okay, so even in darkness,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. So even in those instances where they're waiting long, he's calling them to walk in his light, not
0: yeah. And think about when um, what is that text? What is that text? Is it in Zechariah that even when you know, even when the fruit may fail and the harvest. Uh, the harvest isn't on the trees, yet mm-hmm. will I trust him, yet will I have faith in him, something along those mm-hmm. lines, right?
2: Yeah, Habakkuk 3.17. Yeah, read that, Habakkuk 3.17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no flood food, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. I'm sorry. I uh, cut it off too early. So That's all right. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. That's
0: it. So, so sometimes we, so in that moment, that's when we're walking by faith Mm -hmm. and we might not have assurance in the moment. Sometimes we do. Sometimes, again, we are trusting what God told us in the light. Mm -hmm. We're believing that in the dark, Mm -hmm. right? We're not forgetting it in the dark most of the time or a lot of the time when you're in the dark you're you actually don't have mm-hmm. assurance that's what creates the doubt that's what yeah. creates the fear that's what creates the, the anxiety yeah. okay so there are some christians who may never reach assurance of salvation you ask somebody you know like are you a christian i'm trying <laughs> well you don't understand the gospel yeah right or i hope so what what you know is God, what happens when you die Is God gonna receive you and forgive you? I hope so. Well, you don't have assurance if if you're going off of that, okay? Yet being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given of him of God, he may without extraordinary revelation in the right use of ordinary means attain thereunto. So how does a person gain assurance? It comes by the Spirit, it comes through knowledge of the things which are freely given of him of God. So the spirit enables us to understand the mind of God, to understand scripture, to understand the way of, the way of salvation. He may without extraordinary revelation. So we don't need a dream from God. Mm-hmm. We don't need a trance. We don't need some hyper charismatic worship experience mm-hmm. to drop this down on us. In the right use of ordinary means, we can gain an assurance of salvation. What are the ordinary means? Bible reading, Bible memorization, studying scripture, listening to sermons, um, worshiping God, Mm -hmm. fellowshipping with other Christians, um, prayer, right? These are the normal means of grace, and as we operate, as we do them, as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, it gives us, through grace, by the Spirit, it gives us an assurance mm-hmm. of our salvation. We, and that we, we come mm-hmm. to know that God, what God has done for us, yeah. that we are saved by his sheer grace. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And therefore, look at this, it is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure. This is good. It is a Christian duty to find assurance of salvation. It is a Christian duty to attain the assurance of your salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that comes through the everyday means of grace. Mm-hmm. What what text do we have for that? We
1: got Second Peter, uh, Second Peter one, verse. Two. 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall.
0: Boom. Affirm your calling and election. Mm. Like, work out what God has worked in. Yep. Mm. Right? Yep, God sweet. has saved you. Now get out there and prove it. Mm. Right? Live like it. Mm. And as you live like it, you're going to go, whoa. I didn't know God put that in me. (laughs) I didn't know God did that in me. I didn't know God healed that. I didn't know God changed that. I didn't know God gave me that gift, right? And guess what that's going to do? That thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, Mm -hmm. in love and thankfulness to God. So he's going to go on here, but one of the things that happens is as I work out what God has worked in, I'm going to be happier. I'm going to enjoy God more. I'm yeah. going to be more thankful, yeah. right? Yeah. And in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, I'm going to be more equipped to do the will of God. I'm going to be happy be, as my will is conformed to God's will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be offering cheerful obedience. Yeah. That's what we say around our house. Cheerful obedience. That's the expectation. Not drudgery, not... Begrudging obedience, cheerful obedience,
2: right? What text do we have for that? Romans 5, verses 1, 2, and 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us.
0: Yeah, this is like working for joy, mm-hmm. fighting for joy. Yeah. We're, we're called, it's a Christian duty to work out our salvation in such a way that we come to an assurance of faith that produces greater joy, mm-hmm. greater faithfulness, greater strength for mission. Yeah,
2: yeah. I yeah.
0: mean, thats I just love it. The proper fruits of this assurance, so far is it from inclining men to looseness. So some people say, hey, don't tell people that they're saved because if you tell people that they're saved, then they'll just go do whatever they want to do. No, no, no. Just the opposite is the case. If you tell people they're saved, they're going to be more excited to do what God wants them to do because of how they've been saved, Mm. right? It's all by the grace of God. God did this all for me. Well, then I want to give my all for him. Mm -hmm. I want to live my life for him. What text do we have for that one?
2: Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? That's it. Yeah.
0: We don't want to live in sin. Yeah. We've died to it. We died with Christ. We've been resurrected with him, right? Okay. So, um, there the Westminster divines here are not afraid to... and they're they're saying what scripture says that we should come to a true knowledge of the faith Mm -hmm. and we should come to an assurance of faith that we Mm -hmm. know that we're saved and that's not gonna cause us to sit on our couch and never go to church again. Mm -hmm. No, that's gonna explode in our heart and we're gonna wanna love God. We're gonna wanna worship God. We're gonna wanna obey God more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you're probably not saved. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: You probably have a false assurance of salvation. Okay, article four.
2: Read that one for us, Kev. True believers may have the assurance of their salvation, divers' way shaken, diminished, and intermitted, as by negligence in persevering of it, by falling into some special sin, which wounds the conscience and grieves the spirit, by some sudden or vehement temptation, by God's withdrawing the light of his countenance, and suffering even such as fear him to walk in darkness and to have no light. Oh sorry. Yet are they never so utterly destitute of that seed of God and of the little f- and life of faith, that love of Christ and the brethren, that sincerity of heart and conscience of duty, out of which by the operation of the spirit that assurance may in due time be revived, and by the which in the meantime they are supported from utter despair.
0: Ooh, that's a long paragraph. A beast. Okay. The last paragraph told us that it is our Christian duty to work for assurance of salvation, mm, right? Yeah. This paragraph is all about how difficult that is mm-hmm. and r- why that can be difficult and why Christians can be truly saved and yet not have assurance of their salvation. Says this, true believers may have the assurance of their salvation diverse ways shaken. So our assurance can be shaken in many different ways. Mm. It can be diminished and intermitted. So that means think about it, it can come and go, mm. right? As by negligence in preserving it. So if we if we stop the ordinary means of grace, you stop going to church you stop reading your Bible, you stop being a part of Christian community, you start stop fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit through prayer and Bible reading, et cetera, et cetera, then when bad things enter your life, you probably are going to, your assurance of salvation is going to be diminished. You might think God's not happy with me, God's frustrated with me, mm-hmm. et cetera.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, it can be wounded by falling into some special sin which woundeth the conscience and grieveth the spirit. So we know we're warned not to grieve the spirit. Mm-hmm. We can grieve the spirit through worshiping false gods, so money becomes too important to us, through different temptations. Maybe we look at pornography, maybe we steal something, maybe we lie and and we didn't we don't repent of that and that wounds our conscience and that grieves the holy spirit and god removes the assurance he removes the assurance of our salvation from us mm-hmm. and we begin to get anxious we begin to get depressed we begin yeah. to get upset right also that our assurance can be taken from us by some sudden or vehement vehement temptation You're just overwhelmed with temptation and in that moment you're not aware of your assurance of salvation. Mm -hmm. All you can think about is doing what you shouldn't do. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay? Also assurance can be removed from us. Listen to this. By God's withdrawing the light of his countenance. This is exactly what happened to Job. Right? Mm -hmm. So Sometimes we're saying, we've said this over and over that we don't want to doubt in the dark what God told us in the light. Sometimes we don't know what we really believe until God removes his countenance from us. He removes this blessed assurance from us and now we're in the dark. What are we going to do? Are we going to keep the faith? Are we going to be obedient to what he told us in the light? Are we going to do what's right? Or are we going to give in Mm -hmm. to to temptation? And so some, some... Old Puritans and writers called this the dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. when God kind of removes the awareness of His presence from us. He removes the assurance of salvation from us, and He's doing this to strengthen our faith. He's doing this so we don't rely on our emotions, or we don't rely on feelings, or we don't rely on uh, you know any you know just warm fuzzies that we have. Mm-hmm. That we're, um, but He does that. You know that's something. God does.
1: So is he, he's, is the Holy Spirit still present in us and we're still saved? Yes. Okay. Mm. It's just.
2: The awareness. Okay. Just doesn't feel like it. Just doesn't Mm. feel like it. And and is
1: doubt good to have to make us want to go to our scripture to figure things out and ask questions? Doubt is never good but God can use doubt Mm. because doubt sometimes
0: um, I mean, we got to make, depends on what we mean by like, if doubt is lack of faith, then doubt is never good. Right. But if doubt is just uncertainty or, hmm, let me think, of, you know what I mean? Like, I, I need to study that more or ignorance or something like that, then yes, of course, doubt is that. Oh. And, and fear, all those things can um, can push us to rely on Jesus more. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and another thing that can with, withdraw our uh, awareness of our salvation or the assurance of our salvation is suffering, even such as fear him to walk in darkness and to have no light. What text do we have of that?
1: We have uh, Matthew twenty six sixty nine. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and the servant girl came up to him and said, you also were with Jesus. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know you and I do not know what you mean. And when he went out into the entrance, another servant girl saw him and she said to the bystander, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. Mm.
0: He goes on and keeps doing that. And so what, did, what was Peter doing there? He, he had lost his assurance. Mm. He, he, he was, you know, he, he was afraid. Yep. Like fear mm. fear caused him to, to, he was doubting in the dark what he knew to be true in the light. Literally hours before, I'll never deny you. I'll never walk mm. away. And, and he did. Yeah. Yet, here we are. Here's the question yet they are never utterly destitute of that seed of God. So they still have faith, okay? Though they're doubting, though they're, they feel like they're walking in darkness, though the, the warmth of their salvation, the awareness of the light of the, his countenance is gone from them, and they are in the dark night of the soul, they're still saved.
1: Mm.
0: And life of faith, that love of Christ and the brethren that sincerity of heart and conscience of duty out of which by the operation of the spirit, this assurance may in due time be revived. Do we remember what Jesus said to Peter? Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Mm. And he says something like, uh, "When when you return, revive your brothers, right? And he's like I'm never going to fail you. What are you talking about? It's broad daylight. It's the light. He's like I will never fail you. I'm I'm with you to the end.
2: Yeah.
0: Then around the when Jesus is thrown, you know, when he's drug off into the illegal court and he's being beaten, now all of a sudden he's doubting. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm he's doubting. Yeah. And then what happens? After Jesus is resurrected, Jesus shows up to him. Reminds him of his love. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, of course he does. And then Peter becomes an on-fire gospel preacher, right? So his assurance is revived in that moment.
1: So just like uh, Jesus did that, should we do that to our brothers? Because you're saying that we probably, we shouldn't do that. They should see that on our own, but we should encourage our brothers for that assurance, right?
0: Yes, we should encourage our brothers for that assurance Mm. for sure. Yeah, And, and, and we should, if someone's walking in gross sin, unrepentant sin, we should say, I don't know if you're saved you're not showing fruit of your salvation. If you're, if you're not repentant over the sin, you're not showing fruit of your salvation, right? And so all assurance of their salvation should be removed if they're walking in sin. This is one of the reasons we practice church discipline and we have to remove people from the body. Mm. We have to hand people over, sa- over to Satan because they, they, should, they should lose all the means of grace in that moment because they're, they're walking in darkness and not in the light. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully that brings them to the end. They, they realize, oh, what am I doing? Right? What have I done? And they come back to the Lord. And by the which, in the meantime, they are supported from utter despair. So true believers in the dark night of the soul, like Job, he got he he never. Gives up on God. I mean, he gets close. He, he questions God, and he doubts God, and he's thrown in utter confusion. Yeah. And it, 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 but he he still says, "Yet will I praise him." Yeah. Right. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. And so, when we lose our assurance because of sin, because of temptation. Because of God removing his countenance from us, because of whatever it is, when we remove that, when God removes that assurance from us, he's not removing our faith, he's not removing the spirit, he's, we're, we're still saved, and we're meant to work towards gaining or regaining that sense of assurance, mm-hmm. right? Um, and God, even in that, he's still supporting us. He, he's not removing his grace from our life, right? Yeah. And so if he removed our, gra- our the grace from, of God grace of God from our life, we would utterly despair. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: We would give up on God. We would yeah. give up on our Savior. we turn our backs on him. But the reason we don't is because God is still in us by His spirit helping us through it even though we're we don't we might not have a sense. Of that love. Mm-hmm. And there's one sense too where in the dark, it's where our love is being is maturing. Mm-hmm. It's it's less emotional, you know, it's more mature, it's more logical, it's more dutiful. It's like it's the difference between, you know, you've been dating your 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 future wife, you've been dating her for a week, and everything's easy and everything's wonderful, and you just want to pay for her dinner and you want to take her out and you want to go on a date. And everything is easy, but it's very immature. Mm-hmm. But then you've been married for your wife to your wife for 20 years. Mm. And it's not as easy as it used to be anymore, but you know each other a lot better. You're your more your love is more mature. You're still you're being dutiful. You're still loving her by doing the dishes and taking care of her and l- laying your life down and taking her out on dates. There's it's it's a greater it's a greater love. It's a greater maturity. It's a greater depth of love, the more mature love. That's not hundred percent based in your emotions and Mm -hmm. based in your feelings. Right. Yeah. So Christian insurance is a doctrine that is incredibly important.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we should all, um, we should use this language more often. We should be thinking about it more often. We should be seeking it out. And, um, and wanting to grow in our assurance of faith, right?
1: That's good. Yeah. I just think it's really good too that this book just really gives us as Christians the language that a lot of us are looking for in our walk with Christ because some of us, we have doubt, we, we're not really for sure you know, what this is saying or whatnot and this, this really breaks it down for us to truly understand and help us with our walk with Christ.
0: And I think this is specifically because we're a reformed church, this is one of the most important doctrines that we can be giving and teaching young believers. They come in and maybe they saw a Stephen Furtick video and they watched some Hillsong stuff and maybe some Joel Osteen or whatever, How, whatever false gospels that they've heard w- once they've gotten here. But what we're all looking for is assurance to know without a doubt yeah. that we are saved, not based upon our own works, but by the grace of God. Yeah. And so when someone confesses faith or professes faith in our missional community and then they doubt it a month later or two weeks later or they don't really know if they're really saved Mm -hmm. or does God really love Mm me? We need to give them, offer them that assurance. We need to teach them the word of God that Mm -hmm. says you are saved. Like God has forgiven you. Mm -hmm. Like you are in the family of God. You've been given the spirit of adoption. I see the evidence of grace in you. I see God working this out in you. I've seen... You know, you got, you were living with your boyfriend and you moved out because you were convicted by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That you guys are staying pure and not and not sleeping together anymore. That's the evidence of grace, that you are saved.
1: Yeah.
0: Giving them that assurance in that moment. You can't, I mean, pointing it out to them, right? Helping them see it is going to be helpful for them in their sanctification process, yeah. walking with Jesus. Yeah. So, all right. If you got any questions on the assurance of believers, can email me at Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. We hope this podcast is helping you. We want to hear from you, so if you've got ideas for the podcast, if you've got ideas and ways to make it better, any questions that we can answer, please email me. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, we are praying for you. We pray that you would grow in your walk with the Lord and your understanding of Him and your ability to see all of life through the lens of a Christian worldview. Uh, we love you. We'll talk to you see- soon. God bless. Yeah. Four and a half year old, eleven point. He'll taste like an old boot. So we turn him into freak. We turn him into like jerky and stuff.
1: Yeah.